I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. A nation that's in the news nearly every day, China, is a place of mystery to most Westerners. To get ready for this Deep Roots Radio interview, I gathered up a few quick facts about China and its capital city. The People's Republic of China greets the day a full 14 hours before the sun's rays hit my farm. Bullbrook Keep in western Wisconsin. Although only slightly smaller than the USA, China is home to nearly 1.4 billion people. That's over 1 billion more than what we have here in the United States. China's capital is Beijing, which covers about 6,500 square miles and has a population of 21.5 million people. It's China's second most populous city behind Shanghai. Now, I grew up in New York City with a population of 8 million, yet it's hard for me to get my head around a place with nearly four times the crowd. Beijing is home to examples of both cutting-edge modern architecture as well as some of the world's most protected historic sites. Think the Great Wall. Tiananmen Square, and the Forbidden City. You may remember that Beijing hosted the 2008 Summer Olympics and will do the same for the 2022 Winter Games, thereby making Beijing the first city to host both Olympic seasons. According to a number of websites, Beijing is the bicycling capital of the world. At the same time, over 9 million people use its rail systems every day. How do you feed all these people? Well, as it turns out, organic farming is growing in China. It was only recently that I met Tian Le Cheng, the director of the Beijing Farmer's Market, a marketplace I learned is committed to sustainably produce foods. She and I met at the 30th Annual Organic Farming Conference, which is organized by Moses, That's an acronym that stands for Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Services. About 3,000 people from across the Midwest and worldwide attend this annual event. Attendees are farmers and ranchers, educators and scientists, policymakers and vendors. They're chefs and cookbook authors, doctors and good food advocates. They converge on La Crosse, Wisconsin, despite icy roads and occasional blizzards, to learn and to share what they've learned about farming that works for the health of our land and water 
livestock and crops, and people, you and me. This was the second conference Chang had attended. I'm so glad we were able to find a quiet table for a quick chat about the growing farmer's markets in Beijing. Tianle Chang. All right, and you are? I, I'm the organizer of Beijing Farmers Market and also founding editor for Food Think. Now, tell us a little bit about that farmers market. How long has it been operating and where is it located? Okay, uh, the Beijing Farm- Farmers Market started in 2010. It was initiated by a group of international artists living in Beijing at that time. They're very much interested in sustainable food and connecting farmers to consumers. So when they first started, they organized five, six farmers, organic, small organic independent growers in Beijing, and invite them to the city to meet the consumers. That's how it all started, as more or less an, an arts thing, to initiate a conversation, dialogue. You know, Tanya, I find that so interesting that it was an arts connection that actually got this going. Because that's not necessarily thought of in America as the first Mm. kind of linkage that you would make. Yeah, and uh, there are foreign artists from Japan, America, Canada. I think because in China, um, there are lots of rules, regulations against selling food on the street. So it takes an outsider some imagination and complete ignorance of the, those laws to, to organize that. That's so interesting that it would kind of take the, uh, <laughs> the innocent or the, uh, the brash yeah. in order to get that started. So how difficult was it to get those first farmers to participate in this? It was not easy. There was a very small organic farming community back in Beijing back in 2010. Uh, they more or less know each other, but not that close because there's no uh, nobody's organizing them. They know the other farmer. Beijing is big, you know, 100 miles away, who's doing similar things. Uh, but they don't have lots of chances to meet. So when we first started, it was we didn't know that we would do it on a regular basis in the future. It's just an event to help people to talk to each other. Uh, so at first, farmers were very interested because they felt flattered that people took an interest in them after all these years. Uh, and, then, and then we started to promoted event on social media and at that time there were some lots of food scandals so consumers in Beijing are looking for safe food right so people start to come in to these events and farmers realize they they can actually sell make some money at this market so there's lots of demand coming up and they want when we first started it was just a one-time thing and then maybe we can do it a second time so we did it in the first year once a month or every other month because mm-hmm. nobody wants to offer us the space. Ah, 
why do I want to give my prime location space to a group of farmers? True. Okay. Nobody sees the point back then. So it was very difficult um, to get the location and also to persuade the farmers to come. Is it really worthwhile? What's your motivation? Mm-hmm. Uh, will it have a negative impact on my business? They have lots of concerns and worries. And that's how I learned trust building, is you do what you think is right and do it in a serious, sincere manner. And people see what you do and start to understand you and trust you. You live that value. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so at, at first it was not easy. We have to call each farmer, tell them where it is going to be. Please come here with the vegetables and be on time with the table. <laughs> uh, but, but then more farmers learn about this event and come to us saying, I'm an organic farmer too, I don't use any chemicals, can I participate? And then we, we we didn't have a car, so we have to we post it on internet saying, "Oh, there's some new farmers who want to join us and we want to look see the farm before we make the decision. Anybody can drive us to the country, and people sign up for that. So it started as a very open, transparent process in deciding who can sell at the farmers' market because it was an organic market. We want to make sure everybody there don't use any chemicals. So you vetted it, you yeah. actually went out and inspected. Now that was almost nine years ago now. Yeah. How many farms start were participating mm, yeah. in the first, let's say, year or so? I think only one dropped. All of them still there. Oh my goodness. Okay, so the number of farmers that, that you had in your first farmer's market, yeah. how many were there? Six, seven at most. Wow. And now what does it we look like? We work with 40 farmers in Beijing. And how often do you have the market? We have three markets a week. Three markets a week in the same spot? No, or in different. Sp- we rotate the location. Uh, so we do like this place every Tuesday. We have another spot every Saturday or twice a month in this location those kind of arrangements. Now, Tenula, how long have you been involved in all uh, of this? I, I, I was a volunteer from the quite very beginning. And then these artists have other projects going out. They move out of the country. So uh, a, the, there were a group of volunteers like me. So we kind of took over the project and made it a regular event that just try to help people to have the habit to shop at the yes. market. And the farmers start to grow for the market. Many of them were CSA farmers. They have a membership base. Right. And they, they consider the farmers market as a way to promote themselves, to attract more members. Got it. Um, yeah, so the business kind of grow over the years. Are there other staff? Yes. Uh, we were volunteers for two years. Mm-hmm. And then we realized that's not sustainable. So we asked farmers to pay us after two years. Okay. Uh, we find some, some business models to develop the market. Uh, and f- six years ago, we opened our first grocer. We had a, a local organic food shop. And it's also served as a community center. We had lots of events. Farmers come, give talk, but we sell vegetables every day. Because farmers market, six years ago we only do it once or twice a week. 
So we had our first location for a shop and then second, and we just opened our third location. That's how actually we make money to support the team. We have a, we have a team of 20 people, many of them are part-time working in the shop, but um, maybe 10, 12 are full-time staff. Do you have any um, estimation of how many people actually use that farmer's market? Mm, I think each market serves about 1,000 consumers. So 3,000 people a week, approximately. And the shop serves another 3,000 a week, maybe. You've been involved with this for 10 years yeah. now. Um, when you think about that period of time, any particular turning points or milestones that stand mm. out in your mind? I think the, the first major decision is we will carry it on. We'll make it a regular event. Mm. Farmers want to sell. Consumers want to come here to buy. So we need to think about long term. So we start to develop a business model around the market. Uh, I think that's the major thing for us. And opening shop is also important. We didn't have an office before that, so finally have a location we can base. Can be right. That it's interesting moving from the market to a bricks and mortar mm -hmm. kind of location. Yeah. That but we continue to do the market. Yes. Yes. So when you look back on those 10 years, um, any surprises? Were there any surprises? Let's do that. We were not shut down by the government because uh, it's still in the gray zone. It's not a legal event. It's still, again, lots of laws forbid us from doing what we're doing, but we're still there. And we survived many other business models. Lots of people come into organic business. Mm -hmm. And we don't consider ourselves as a real business, um, but, but we managed. Have you been surprised at all by the consumer demand? Oh, we're disappointed by the consumer demand. So you... I think more people should come. Uh, but we are in a very highly competitive market. Lots of the business, they carry uh, organic line. It's easy to buy organic from the supermarkets, online e-business, and they have better advertisement, better package, better storytelling even. Mm. Uh, so that's a serious challenge to us, how to persuade the, the consumers that these small organic producers are more organic and healthier than others. They are the ones that are worth supporting, not to those backed by big money. So it's, it's interesting to hear that you uh, experience many of the same pressures that the organic farmers face here. Yeah, in that's United why States. I enjoy Moses because we I find lots of similar similarities, and to try to understand how farmers here fight back, mm. address these issues, it's a very good learning experience for me. Well, I think there's a lot we can learn from you as well, uh -uh. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to future conversations about this. So as you go back now to Beijing, what are some of the the things that you probably will share? with some of your staff and with the other farmers that, that you deal with on a regular basis? Um, I think the first thing, the most encouraging thing here I see is for us, we have a long way to go because farmers here started 40, even 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. 
you have come a long way to achieve the, what you have achieved now. And there's so many people, efforts are put into this sector and help it grow. And how uh, farmers work with each other, teach, it's, this is a very much peer learning experience. I think, I think we just started, we started 10 years ago. So uh, although we are very small, but uh, we see the future here yeah. at Moses. If we uh, really, we work hard, we uphold our principles, we really value our own values. Sometimes people, if you don't make money, you look, the farmers keep on losing money, they, sometimes they lose confidence. So I think uh, what I learned from Moses, the, f- the far more most important thing is you have to um, have the faith. Mm. and have the right skills you have to learn and you have to build solidarity with other people I think that's the most important lesson we learn but on the technology side you know, how you farm um, I think American farmers are very uh, science based there are lots of good research and lots of good practices that we can learn but unfortunately I'm not a farmer Myself, so there's just limited things I can learn from here in that regard. But uh, I intend to bring more farmers back. But finding English speaker farmers is in China is not that easy. Most of them don't speak the, the other language. So we, we need to figure out a way to. Certainly. And, and once they see this, because I, I was here two years ago and find it very inspiring, and I wanted to have similar events back mm-hmm. in China. Because Beijing is the biggest, you know, we have the biggest market of that kind in China, but there are 10 other cities have similar markets initiatives and each backed by by hundreds of organic producers and thousands, tens of thousands of consumers. So That's, there is a community there. That is wonderful to hear. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for being here at the conference. <laughs> as, a, as a member of the board, of the Moses organization, I find it really encouraging and inspiring that you're here. Moses is very unique in a way of how it builds a community of farmers. And I don't, I I travel a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything like this in other countries. to visit China for lots of reasons. The historic sites, its distinct opera and theater, and its very diverse geography and climates. I also very much want to taste from the most sophisticated cuisine in the world and visit the farms where all of this great food begins, especially the organic farms. Yeah, this Wisconsin cattle farmer who grew up in the Bronx wants to see China. It's on my bucket list. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.